Good afternoon, everybody. Uneducated Economist here. I had a few people ask me to talk about housing. And, you know, it is really difficult for me to predict housing. I have been so wrong on where I thought housing was going to go. But I was not expecting forbearances and moratoriums and everything that goes along with what I figured would cause a housing market correction. Now, I knew from previous Fed statements that a functioning working mortgage market is critical for monetary policy. Like, if the mortgage market gets screwed up, then their monetary policy is not going to be as functional. It's one of the reasons why they have been so adamant about doing the mortgage-backed securities. Now, there's a threat of the ending of these mortgage-backed security purchases by the Federal Reserve, not necessarily from investors. Investors may still be willing to get into the mortgage-backed securities, but the Federal Reserve is wanting to step away from it. And now that's what this whole Jackson Hole meetup and everything is kind of coming down to is what are they going to do about the tapering? Are they going to back off on the treasury purchases and the mortgage-backed security purchases? Or are they going to continue those things on? Now, a lot of people, when I first said that they will do tapering at some point, had argued there is no way they can ever possibly taper its QE from here on out. Now, we know that's not the case. They will taper at some point. They have to have that credible threat. And now how deep they taper or if they taper completely to a end of purchasing, who knows? I mean, that's still like way up in the air, but they will taper at some point. And it is of my belief that they will end the asset purchases and at some point raise the interest rates. Now, how far out and how long that takes, I don't know. And what interruptions could take place from now until then, again, I don't know. But it seems that anytime there's ever a moment where they are about ready to do something of some of like that kind of significance or there is something coming down that is about ready to be of significance, it seems like all of a sudden like there's like lockdowns and issues where the Federal Reserve has to go into extraordinary measures. Anyhow. Who knows what could come in the future? Now, I think about the lockdowns and what took place like, you know, when the first wave of infections started hitting the country. And I look around and nobody is worried about anything out there, at least not in my area. And so I really have to think like, man, what are people's reactions to a possible lockdown they seem to be like, I mean, some people are like getting kind of excited about it and, and, you know, lighting up, but for the most part, it is nothing like it was the previous time. So I'm thinking that the reaction of people like locking down and doing the same thing, like occurring again, where they went out and purchased all kind of new electrical equipment and, you know, like TVs and computers or whatever for, you know, cause they were going to be at home. They wanted something new to play with. Or going out and doing the outdoor projects or remodeling the house. A lot of this stuff took place as they were locked down at home. The idea of the opening up of the economy is people going out and enjoying like vacations and restaurants and stuff like that. Well, this is getting limited because a lot of these restaurants simply can't provide for the amount of customers they once had. This is, even though like... A lot of people will say this is like very busy or a good sign of economic growth. It's not because what I see is less economic activity taking place. 
And that, to me, is a slowdown. That, to me, is going to be deflationary. Now, I know, like, everybody is just focused in on prices. Now, I, I understand that prices are rising. Now, I saw the prices rising when we were, you know, watching the lumber. And, I, and when people were saying inflation, I said, nope, this is supply chain breakdown. And now it's starting to show itself that that's exactly what it was. However you want to look at it, whatever manipulation that you think might have come from, you know, the whoever might be in charge of, of that, I, so be it. I mean, I saw it taking place. I don't see manipulation. I saw supply chain breakdown. I saw mill curtailments taking place due to, you know, due to, a, it, it was, ah, man, I don't want to really get into it because I've done it so many times. But what it really came down to was that there was a high cost producing mills up in the British Columbia area that started shutting down, that started depleting the inventory levels and the prices were really dropping. Now, at the time, there was a lot of stuff taking place. Tariffs started kicking in and, you know, the lockdowns were were all part of a huge supply chain breakdown when it came to lumber. Watching all of it take place, I knew at some point the prices would come down and they did. I mean, I just, I saw it. Now, honestly, I thought it was going to be a little later than it is right now. But, you know, really, if we were talking retail prices, then at the end of summer is probably where we're going to see the best retail price drops. And already people are telling me that they're seeing prices that are much closer to normal than what they have ever expected, have seen in the past anyway. Um, but when it comes to housing itself, the inventory levels are just gone. Like, I, I see the articles, I read them, I talk to people, but I'm just focused in on my little area and just kind of focused in on thinking, okay, what am I going to do about my area and what do I see in my hometown? And man, the houses here in my area are so expensive. This is such an expensive place to live. And people like it here because it's a beautiful, clean, kind of somewhat secluded. It's not like secluded, like you can't get here from Portland in a matter of an hour or two. It's not that secluded out of a place, but it's way out on the coast. And so when you come out here, it's like a destination. You are intent on showing up here. And it's an old town, so all the you know, homes or a lot of homes anyway around here are very old and beautiful and, you know, restored and look really nice. And it's getting very, very expensive to live here. There is no place to rent. There's no house to rent in Astoria. The one that I found, it, they're like, you know, $3,100 a month to rent a house. I mean, I don't even know what some of these prices are going for, but they're insane. And the average price of a house is like a half a million dollars. So this is like one incredibly expensive place to live. And it's not a place that you can raise kids. I mean, they have schools. They have, you know, the, the availability to raise kids here. But if you are a young couple starting out, like, with average jobs, you can't, you can't do it in Astoria. When I was a kid, when I graduated in 1995, I had a part-time job. My girlfriend at the time, who I ended up marrying, she had a part-time job. And between the two of us, we were able to rent an apartment before we graduated high school. Her parents left. She was living here with her sister, and she moved into that apartment before she graduated high school. That's what we were doing in high school with part-time jobs. And we had cars and insurance and paying bills. I mean, it sucked. We lived off of leftover buffet pizza because she worked at a pizza place. She she would bring home the leftover buffet pizza every day and we would eat this dried out 
leftover pizza every day. That's what we had to eat because we were so broke. But we were two kids making it on our own. That is something that is not even in the realms of possibilities now. And so I think about starting families. It's just like, man, if you're going to start a family, you'd have to be insane. You know how expensive that is and how difficult it would be and what a drain it would be on you? There is absolutely no convenience inside of having a family. And that's the difference between what people are expecting to have today and what they were expecting, you know, previous generations. Is that, you know, raising a family was something that you tried to do because having more people inside of your family meant more chances of, of having, like, a better life. You have a better chance of somebody who's going to succeed. And raising families was not something that was inconvenient. It was very convenient. In fact, it was more something you wanted to do, especially the farther you go back in generations, because those were people who could help out as far as like, you know, farm production and stuff like that. Now, I mean, I realize that's going way back. And the closer we come into the future, you realize that like less and less kids until the point that it's now inconvenient to have kids and that as you go forward, it's going to be like incredibly inconvenient to have kids. In fact, it's going to be inconvenient to even have a place to live. So it's going to be like inconvenient to be anything other than just a single person operating on your own. And they, you know, like the ideas of like having like getting married and building a family and stuff like that, that's going to be out the window. I mean, already you can see like a lot of the generation, like this, you know, more upcoming generations not interested in getting driver's license, getting jobs, getting apartments. I mean, why would you try to do all this stuff? It's so expensive and you don't get paid enough to do it. So yeah, I could see why there's like so much discouragement out there, especially when it comes to, you know, the idea of, you know, starting off and getting out on your own and, you know, being independent. Like I, I look out there and I just don't see how like society has even built that. So this whole time, as they've been dropping interest rates and saying the entire time that this is going to support households and businesses, the entire time what it's doing is it's not helping households. What it's doing is destroying the idea of actually having a household. Only the richest people will be able to have households and families. Because the, and I shouldn't say the richest, because obviously babies are born, but as far as having like that family, like that, you know, family dream kind of thing, I find that's going out the window because they have dropped the interest rates so low, making the housing so expensive that now the availability of homes to the average person is pretty much going out the window. It's very difficult to try and acquire a home nowadays, even though they keep saying that they try to make it easier. I mean, every time they make home affordable, it just makes houses more expensive. And everybody says, well, you know, you can make the interest or you can make the payments now that the interest rates are low. Yeah, but the $500,000 house shouldn't be $500,000. It should be $250,000 or $150,000 and a 15% interest rate. That's the difference. I mean, when you have interest rates that drop as low as they have, really what it is doing is, is causing a bigger issue when the government tries to stimulate the economy. Man, I feel like I'm bouncing everywhere. But when the government goes to stimulate the economy, that money that they're spending, like they go and take out all this debt and just hand it over to people to just go out there and just, you know, spend willy nilly. That is not productive debt. And when you don't have productive debt, you have unproductive debt, then you 
going to have a debt hangover. At some point, those debts will have to be paid back. You will have to postpone spending so that you can pay for past consumption. And that is very difficult for people to wrap their minds around because they think that it's just more debt that can be taken out. But at some point, there is a moment where there is no more debt that can be handed out and that there is a burning of the bad investments. The malinvestments have to pretty much be wiped clean and people have to take a loss. That moment is going to be very painful and it's hard to describe. I mean, I, I try to point it out with like the defaulting corporate bonds that are taking place in China, but a lot of people just kind of dismiss this stuff. And I'm thinking, no, those are signs. These are the things that, you know, you have to keep an eye out for because who knows how it could just, you know, lead into bigger events. I mean, if the debt on the government bonds was to rise and get closer to the junk bonds, do you think people are going to hold on to junk bonds while they can buy government debt that pays the same amount? I mean, what would be the point of that? And then pretty soon junk bonds started getting dumped and then the prices fall out and who knows how many portfolios are holding on to these junk bonds watching and having the possibilities of them crashing. I mean, I think about these things all the time. So back to housing one more time before I forget, because I wanted to bring this up. Um, you know, I think about communist, the idea of communist China and what they have done as far as their family, um, constraints, like, you know, how many kids you can have kind of th th stuff, you know, I have a really difficult time trying to like be in the mind that you can be controlled in such ways. Like even just down to this, the, it's not, it's a nature thing. Like you can't prevent it. Right. I mean, you can prevent it. You have medical techniques that can prevent it, but it's, it's a natural occurring thing. It's like breathing. So it comes down to like choice, like can you, or can you not? Like I know in China they don't, but here in the United States it does, right? It comes down to personal choice. And when you, when you think about like some of the efforts that have taken place to try and control population, a lot of what has taken place in China can spread throughout the rest of the world. I mean, they're like, you know, they, ha they are our example. They are like, you know, whatever, the beta programs. Now, when I see the interest rates dropping and the house prices rising, and I think about how difficult that is to start a family nowadays because of, you know, this ch shift in way, like, the social structure is raising families and what it takes to even raise a family and how they provide conveniences if you just stay independent, you know, and, and not and not try to form a family, then you get all these conveniences handed to you. I think about that and I think about this statement that I found. And I will leave a link down in the description because really the title of the article was like a Volcker moment for property in China or something. I forget exactly what the title had said, but what got me was this one statement. And I think about it because what it says here, it goes, unlike previous economic down cycles, Chinese authorities look set to tighten property sector policy and tame prices. This time, in order to reduce wealth inequality, 
and boost the falling birth rate. Interesting. Unlike previous economic down cycles, Chinese authorities look set to tighten the property sector policies and tame prices. They look to tighten the sector, raise the interest rates to make it more difficult to keep raising the pricing on houses. If the interest rate is so low that you can make the payment, the prices of the house goes up. They're supporting real estate prices by dropping interest rates. When you raise interest rates, you are going to drop the prices and make it more available to the average person in order to what? Create a family, right? As a man, you have to raise a family. You have to be able to provide. If you have to be able to provide, that means you have to be able to provide a house. And a house that is going to be big enough and functional enough and something that is going to be able to actually have kids that can be there for many decades in order to have a good, healthy family. That's what it takes. And here in this statement, it really shows that the idea of raising the interest rates and dropping the prices on homes is to bring in the family like units so that they can raise the birth rate. Let me read it one more time. Sorry, I'm kind of getting a little guys kind of messing with me over here, but listen. Unlike previous economic down cycles, Chinese authorities look set to tighten property sector policy and tame prices. This time in order to reduce the wealth inequality and boost the falling birth rate. So I think about that a lot and what has taken place here in the United States. People say that they're trying to like, you know, the dropping of interest rates, trying to support families and, and households. It's not what it's doing. It's just doing the exact opposite of what the Chinese government is about ready to do. It's causing a constraint on the birth rates. What they're going to try and do is control the population by making it a personal choice not to do it. See, they're not going to go around and like, you know, I don't know, create this nightmare scenario that everybody's talking about. What they're going to do is they're going to make it so convenient for people to be independent that you just don't want to have a family. And then having families is going to be so inconvenient that you're just not going to want to do it as a fear of, you know, not being able to provide for them. And I think the pricing of homes right now really proves that. Uneducated economist, you guys let me know.